You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the Geekiest Show Ever, episode 60. On today's show, you've got Mark hosting, and uh, you know what? My partner in crime is back yet again, Kevin Older. How are you going, Kevin? Ah, uh, I'm doing all right, Mark. I'm a bit knackered after having a, a day of moving my home office around. I know we're, we're recording what what it's now uh, two p.m. in the afternoon for me. We were supposed to start five hours ago, and you've been <laughs> moving that whole time. And it, it's midnight for you, I believe. Just just shy of midnight here, but uh, hey, our dedication to our listeners knows no bounds. Absolutely, I'll, I'll record any time of the day or night. Plus, you know, we, we've got feedback this week, too, so we actually have to record it. It's almost like we've got no choice because, you know, we've got feedback from uh, that person that cannot be named. And uh, you know what? We might take a quick listen to that now. How about that? That's fine. Hi, Mark and Kevin. It is... He who shall remain nameless. Yes, it's me. Now, I know that on the podcast you keep referencing the fact that I called you guys sissies. And I'm starting to become ashamed of myself. Why? Because that's kind of lame. So I'm going to set the record straight. From now on, (laughs) here's how I'm going to refer to you. And this, I mean, with the most sincere heart, you're not sissies. You are... Liar! Loser! (laughs) Idiot! (laughs) Wimp! Degenerate! (laughs) Or so I've been told. That'll be my review in iTunes for the podcast. Now, the only piece of feedback that I think that I wanted to give you right now is... I wanted to talk about the music. I do agree that music is important in movies. It adds drama. It adds excitement. I didn't say I never listened to it. Maybe I did, but I phrased it a little strongly. I do listen to it, but I don't think it makes the difference between characters that you can associate with, identify with, and enjoy and like, and not. Yes, it can help build anticipation, build excitement. It can be very effective in that way, but it's never going to take characters that you don't like and make you like them. Music doesn't do that. Storytelling does that. Directors do that. Actors do that. Writers do that. Music doesn't do that. That's the only thing I had to say that I disagreed with. I had some other feedback that I thought of in the car the other day as I was driving. It was brilliant. Absolutely. It was the best feedback you've ever heard. Unfortunately, I forgot it all. So for now, this will be it. <laughs> Have a nice day from... He who shall remain nameless. All right, so what did you think of... Uh, I, I was going to say his name, but I, I can't say his name. <laughs> what did you think of his feedback? I, I've got to say, I, I'll just jump in quickly. That was the most amazing piece of feedback I've ever heard on any podcast. It was a show in itself. It was just classic. It was just really, really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it shows a little bit of talent. So, you know, we'll give He Who Shall Remain Nameless uh, a uh, plus point five on uh, talent. Um, but we'll still knock him off uh, 10, 10 points maybe for calling us sissies. <laughs> and you know what? I, I, I found that it was just hilarious when he got to the end and said that he couldn't remember all the other things that he had to complain about. <laughs> he, he, that's funny because uh, I, I, the same thing happens to me. I'll be driving to work listening to a show, whether it's uh, you know yours, your other show, Not Another Mac Podcast. By the way, everybody go listen to that or uh, any of the other shows that I listen to, and it's like, oh, i got to say something, i got to say something, then I'll get to work and be putting my stuff down at my desk and doing all that, and then about an hour after I get there, I'm sitting there going, oh, what the hell was I going to say to somebody about something? And I just sit there, and my brain's just totally shot. So, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to think I need a notepad like, attached to my dash, and, of course, <laughs> that could cause a whole other problem because I'm left-handed, and oh, unlike dear. you, 
that would the the drives on the left hand side of my car here, mm-hmm. not like yours. So um, maybe I ought to just take a, a dry erase marker and write on the inside windows of my car. Wouldn't that look <laughs> attractive going down the road? You know, you've got to figure out some way to pause it and then use notes on the iPhone, for instance, to record uh, you know some sort of feedback and so forth. Uh, but still, it is da- it is dangerous, and we don't recommend anyone do that while they're driving. We don't want the feedback that badly. We want it. Please <laughs> give it. But please don't put yourself in jeopardy or other people to uh, to give it. Um, you know, I'll just quickly touch... You know, Scott hit it on the head, and he's absolutely right. You know, the music is important to a film, but it doesn't, you know, make a character. Although I will say this much, and I know I keep bringing up Transformers all the time, but when you hear the Autobot sound and then you hear the Decepticon sound... You, just, you know who the bad guy is. You know who the good guy is. You're feeling good about, you know, uh, you know, so Optimus Prime coming onto the scene. And, uh, you know, when Megatron comes on, you just sort of go, nah, that's the evil guy, you know. So, <laughs> okay, it doesn't build a character's emotion. It's always good writing. I agree with that. But there is a, you know, it does really fill in those gaps that, you know, it, so, and okay, they're not real actors. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, you know, I kind of believe they are. I want to believe, you know. I don't know. You, you, <laughs> well, you know, you strike me a little bit like Optimus Prime, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking you're a little bit that way. Well, it, he's probably the De- uh, Decepticon, the Autobot, sorry, that, uh, you know, I like the best, I'd say. Um, and certainly Bumblebee comes in second, but, you know, he can't talk. So. <laughs> or not, well, not I, properly, anyway. Well, I look more like Bumblebee than any of the other uh, uh, the any of the other characters. So I'll go with I'll be Bumblebee, and you could be Optimus Prime. How does that sound? <laughs> Sounds good. Now, um, before we get too ingrained in our geek chat, boy, I got to tell you, there, there's this other show on the Stoplight Network. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Tech Fan. I've heard bits and pieces. Yeah, of it. You, say that. You know, it, I think it's a good show. You know, it's got this guy, Tim Robertson, and, and uh, his co-host, uh, David, from the UK. And, uh, you know, they, they seem nice guys, but, you know, they spent a whole 15 minutes talking about our last episode. And um, so basically, uh, you know, started off with, um, you know, Tim agreeing with my views on, on PlayStation Vita, and, and we certainly share that view. And he completely disagreed with my rise, uh, or yes, rise of the planet of the apes, um, sort of review. And uh, you know what? I think he pretty much hit it on the head when he turned around and said that. Um, oh, I've got a mental blank. That's not good. That's not good. Um, when when he turned around and and said that you know I'm I'm biased because I'm a fan of the original series of movies and the television series, and you know yes I am. And in in return he's biased because he's not a fan of the original movies. He cannot stand the child child uh, ch- uh, <laughs> Charlton Heston. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> character and and the Roddy McDowell characters and so forth. So. Um, yeah, I, I feel sad for Tim not being able to enjoy that original movie because I personally feel it's very epic. I feel it's um, very much about humanity and just, you know, what happens if we do blow it all up, you know. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, society as a whole, we're not really as worried about that as as we once were, especially back in the 60s. 
uh, in the US especially. But um, yeah, it, it's a shame. But you, you know what? I totally agree with him. It shouldn't be a Planet of the Apes franchise movie. It just shouldn't be. The new movie just should be out on its own. And I, I know he pulled me up about being um, about contradicting myself, and I do, and, and Tim, seriously, sorry about that. But I write much better than I podcast. And, uh, you know, if, if this was a written review, and, and it wasn't, I just went off the top of my head uh, and ran with it. And, and I actually listened back to it after he said that I, I threw a few contradictions in there, and I certainly did. Um, so uh, apologies for any confusion that I gave the listeners, but, uh, in, in future, I'll actually write down my thoughts first because, uh, <laughs> I, I, I write much better than I talk. You wouldn't know that, but I, I actually do. I'm, I'm a very bad vocalist. Um, so yeah, you do, a, you do a good impression of one on the air though. You play a good one on the podcast. Yeah. But half of it's BS, Kevin, just don't tell anyone. <laughs> Okay, it'll be our little secret. No, no, all right, and anybody else that's listening, don't tell anybody that Mark's full of BS. Yeah, that, you know that, that's that's why I have you on the show to help me out, so I don't look stupid. And well, know. that's BS times two then, so we're both screwed. <laughs> that's also why I have three other guests on not another Mac podcast. I don't know anything about Macs. I mean, this computer and iPad and iPhone. There's something we use. I don't, Fuck <laughs> it if I know what they're for, you know, it's like, I just figured it was a good thing, you know, biggest company in the world, why not go and do a podcast about them? Or, there like, you go. And anyway, let's let's move on because uh, Tim didn't only take me to task, oh boy, he took you to task on uh, on the, the subject of Michael Moore and, and uh, you know, sort of your opinions uh, on him and so forth. So, you know what, Kevin, I, I've got a couple of questions first. Now, you know what I should have probably said to the listeners? Pause us right here. Go across to TechFam and listen to episode 59, then you'll, you'll hear what we're talking about. And um, it's, it's around about halfway through, but listen to the whole show because it really is a great show, all joking yes. aside. And, yes, it is. Um, you know, so go pause it here, go and listen to that, then come back. So, uh, you know, Kevin, now that hopefully the listeners have had a chance to listen to it, how are you forming your opinion if you don't watch his films? Well, you know, I, I had to think a little bit about that after I listened to it. And um, I think it's it's the way I've seen him or the what I've heard him say when he's been interviewed. Granted, I haven't seen an interview with him real recently, but the way he comes across to me when he's interviewed, and again, my personal opinion, he comes across as a little bit arrogant. Um, he he comes across the way I think uh, the media uh, portrays him as being a little bit, um, I, I don't know if self-righteous is the correct word, but he comes across, you know, like I'm holier than thou maybe. And um, I, I just he just rubs me the wrong way, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to watch his films because I think he's a wanker or whatever you want to call him. I don't know. <laughs> oh boy. There, there goes, there goes another one that Tim will jump on us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I'm okay with that. I just, it, there are some people and granted you, you've known me long enough. Now I get along with most everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a, and I like most everybody. But there are those occasional people that I've come across. Granted, I've never met Michael Moore in real life. Um, but there are people I've come across in my life where it's just like, 
oh god i don't want to be anywhere near you please let me get away from you because i just don't think you're a you're not my type of people i should say Absolutely. And you know what? Life would be boring if we all agreed with each other and saw the same uh, points of view. Uh, you know, in saying that, it would probably be a very idealistic world, but it would be a very boring world at the same time. Well, yeah, boring as hell. You're right. So, uh, you know, it is good. Now, now, question number two. Okay. Do you watch Fox News, and is that where you got your opinions from? Um. I have watched Fox News when I want a good laugh because like most other media sources here in the United States, they're all full of crap. I'm not, I, have, I read my news to try to uh, disseminate and sort out fact from fiction because the, the media, especially the, uh, the television media in this country is just god-awful. And I do watch Fox News and I get a good laugh out of it. It does make me laugh because it's like, you know, they their tagline is fair and balanced or something like that. You decide. It's like, yeah, fair and balanced, just like <laughs> um, uh, me sitting on a teeter-totter with a one-year-old baby. It's not very balanced. So, uh, no, I do not watch Fox News on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, I watch very little news, uh, with the exception of the Weather Channel, because I just happen to love the Weather Channel. Um, but yeah, I don't watch Fox News. So, Tim, sorry, you're off. You're off there. I didn't get my opinion there. <laughs> and ad- admittedly, in his show, he did he did say that he's not proclaiming that you did. But it, it's certainly, you know, one of those interesting views when people have such a, a strong belief one way or the other. It's interesting to find out where they got that belief from, and uh, and so forth. But uh, you know, I, I also think maybe. I'm not sure whether we weren't entirely clear uh, on what we were talking about. And, and forget Michael Moore for a, a minute, uh, but the whole topic of should we discuss and so forth, I, I feel maybe we didn't explain ourselves correctly. I know I didn't perhaps explain myself as well as I would have liked. Um, I, I think really there comes a, a couple of elements that you've got to consider, and that's how long do you take uh, after the event before you start to talk about it? Uh, you know, is the information factual or not? That's extremely important. Um, you know, d- just one example, when 9-11 happened out here in Australia, we had a, a blanket news coverage for two to three weeks. And, you know, they were getting, you know, people who had no fucking idea. You know, locals in Australia, you know, so-called experts on terrorism and all this crap. And they hadn't the foggiest, but they were going on and they were proclaiming this and that and something else and making a mockery out of the, the tragedy that happened. Uh, that's what I disagree with. I, I like factual things. If, if they take the time to produce a documentary that we can all then view and learn from and uh, you know move forward with, uh, I love that. It, it's absolutely superb. But I, yeah. I don't like bad reporting. I don't like um, that kind of stuff. And... You know, when I, I, I referenced the, the World Wars and, and, you know, we play World War Two games all the time. And, you know, if we had a, if a game was developed, you know, about 9-11, for instance, that is, it's just too soon, you know, and really it shouldn't be. But then why do we accept games about a world war? 
Um, you know, it, it's one of those interesting topics, and, and certainly we're not going to sort of rehash too much here because uh, Tim and David did have an open invite for you to go on their show, Kevin, and um, myself included. Um, and, you know, definitely, uh, you know, we'll do that sometime if, if time permits. I know with uh, my schedule and, and the different time zones, it's a little bit hard because I, I know Tim records at a specific time. Uh, but I'd, I'd love to see you uh, go and, and guest appear and, and just discuss this in more detail because it's definitely a, a topic and a range of topics that not everyone's going to agree on and see the same uh, view, but it really will make for a good conversation. Yeah, no, I'd love to do uh, Tech Fan with uh, with them. I just, uh, you know, it's the scheduling sometimes can be a bit tough, but uh, we'll definitely try to get that worked out, and I'd love to go on there. Uh, the only difference is Tim has learned to pronounce my last name correctly other than that. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't going to pull him up about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I got to pull him up about something, you know. I got to find something here. <laughs> well, what, what, what else? Because I, I know I had a, a few uh, points listed down, but did you have anything else listed down that you wanted to uh, to say on the show uh, before we move on to other topics? Well, I was just going to say that, you know, I think they brought up some good points about... Um, I kind of heard talking about the freedom of speech and talking about topics. Um, it is how we um, move on and, and how we heal ourselves. But I think you and I are on the same uh, page where it's important, or at least from my perspective, there's a certain amount of time, and maybe it's my generation, uh, that you have to let things pass a little bit before you – start poking fun at them and or or even becoming sensationalistic about them which is kind of the way I feel uh that Michael Moore and I hate to keep bringing him up that's that's kind of what I felt about the way he's treated topics I think he's been with the exception of maybe the stuff he did about Flint Michigan I I don't know the exact timing there and I apologize to anybody that's there that I'm not 100% sure of when his film came out and when all that transpired. I will look it up though and see. But I think he comes across as just sensationalistic and he 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 tries to um uh make a profit, you know, and granted we're all out in this world to try to make a profit. We've all got to get by, we've all got to pay the bills. But I think he 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 does it but he's one of those people that does it but then says, oh, no, I'm only doing it for the greater social good. And I disagree with that. That And that's the problem I think I really have with him. Um, and I think I said that a few minutes ago. I just mm. – I have a problem with people that come across as holier than thou when it's okay. Because I've always said, don't piss in my face and tell me it's raining. If you're <laughs> going to piss in my face, piss in my face. That's fine. I'm okay with – that to a certain extent, but don't piss in my face and tell me it's raining. That just doesn't work. And, you know, it's it's just one of those things that I'm not sure. Um, I know there's a lot of people that have strong opinions, I should say, about uh, Michael Moore and, and the types of films he does. And I know that recently I was watching another film, um, and I can't remember the title of it, where they were talking about here in this country – uh, a lot of movies are made that romanticize the uh, American Civil War. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you go back and watch the factual stuff, and I've studied the American Civil War, not a great deal, but a lot, because I find it interesting how it tore our country apart and how it eventually made our country stronger and better. Uh, it, 
it, it, it's the same type of thing. I think there has to be a certain separation. You have to separate a certain amount of time before you get the real truth. And, and that's always true in recent tragic events. You know, as we hear more about 9-11, as we hear more about, um, you know, some of these terrible things like the shooting in Columbine and other, you know, bigger tragedies about what really transpired, I think they don't let things go long enough and I, that's where the sensationalism comes in. I hope I'm making myself clear. I don't know if I really am, but mm-hmm. it does bother me. It, it bothers me when they try to too quickly come out with something. And I think it's – I'd rather see a better, more historic perspective. Definitely. I, I, I think really what you're saying is that you don't want to see the profiteering even a few years after the event. That You'd like to see the uh, legal course – you know, undertaken and, you know, sort of resolved and then the documentaries to follow based on actual fact versus uh, conjecture and just, you know, hypothesis of what could possibly have transpired. Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think they just, they, they do it too quick, um, especially when you see these films that are coming out, you know, 12 months after some some tragic event. I don't, you know, pick any tragic event and they almost do it. And it's just like, oh, come on, people. You know, they're, they're, we're still trying to figure out what actually happened. Back off. Let's figure it out. Let's not, you know, and, and then don't advertise it as a factual accounting. You know, that, that really bugs me, too. I just, I'm a crotchety old fart at times, you know, and I just... <laughs> You but, know. but but look, you're not alone. You know, um, there's you know just because um, Tim especially didn't share your views um, doesn't mean that you're wrong by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, both of you have great points and valid points, and I, I think really you know you just show off the two extremes. Um, you know, Tim wasn't you know necessarily for Michael Moore, but he was you know more about uh, let's give him and his movies a go and let's see where we can end up and and uh talk about it so um you know i I suppose i come from a a standpoint of you know i prefer the (sighs) more traditional style documentary than the newer movie style documentaries that are coming out yeah so i i sort of look at documentaries and i i prefer the more traditional style documentary where it's maybe an hour in length and and really goes deep into the specific topic Whereas I feel that, and I think I mentioned it last week, I almost feel like some of these movie documentaries make a mockery out of some of the events that have happened. And I'm not just saying Michael Moore's films, I'm just saying in general, some of them, you know, I, I just don't agree with the movie style, I guess. I um, You know, maybe it's just a different way that I, I haven't felt comfortable with. But I very much love, uh, you know, History Channel, um, especially that kind of documentary. Uh, you know, I, I'll just mention one that I, I've watched uh, a n- number of times, and that's the uh, the World at War series, um, which I'm, I'm pretty sure you'd probably be able to get that in the US, but it's oh yeah, it's just absolutely exceptional. It's it's well researched, uh, a lot of great original footage, and it's just really enjoyable. It, it educates you and informs you, and is, I, I guess, a form of entertainment. But I, I just don't like these things being, you know, taken in a less serious manner than, than what they really are. 
I mean, again, yeah. we're not really explaining ourselves well. <laughs> I'm sure Tim's, you know, slapping his forehead going, oh, what are these guys going on about? So, <laughs> um, you know, and, and anyway, th- that's our, our weird views. And I don't know, maybe we should stay away from politics and controversial topics and, and get back to uh, hardcore geekery. All right, I'm good with that. We'll uh, we'll move on and we'll we'll agree to slightly disagree this time with uh with the tech fan. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good. And each to their own view, you know, and it, it's, That's right. it's good and and uh Tim and David, thank you for for giving us the floor as well and uh and airing so much of our dirty laundry <laughs> on your show. I, I hope it didn't diminish the show and drive listeners away. <coughs> yeah, pardon me. Yeah, what are we doing today, Kevin? We're shocking. We are. We're shocking and amazing all in one shot. I know. How how can we do that? It's just spectacular. You know, we. Well, we... you know this this is uh, geeky show ever number sixty. I mean, it seems like just a few weeks ago that we started this show, and here we are, all the way up to episode sixty already. You know, it, it, I hit my head the other day, and I, I can't remember anything after that. You know, so. <laughs> You know, maybe I should go back and listen to all the sixty shows, but uh, certainly there's there's been a lot uh, and a lot of different hosts on uh, Geekiest Show ever, and I'm you know I'm glad to say that you and me we're we're pretty much solid here. You know, I, I know that Tim and David from TechFan, uh, you know, you could you could tell that they they sort of wanted back in on the Geekiest Show ever, but you know what? I don't think we'll we'll let them back in just yet, Kevin. You know, no, I, no, we'll hold them off. We'll we'll keep them at bay. You know, maybe if we want a weekend off you know and, and we want to go you know and have a relaxing holiday we'll, we'll let them take over i mean you know give them a go for a week but you know I, I don't think we'll give it back to them full time we're enjoying ourselves too much that's right <laughs> it's all about us having a good time now you know what michael moore and all of this started because of the kenny movie could you believe that shitters and people working on shitters could cause so much shit. No, that's hard to believe. I know, and, and, I, and you know what? That was, that was the good gift of the gap there because I haven't got any of that written down. <laughs> it just came out well. <laughs> the, the shit was flowing freely, as it, as we like to say. <laughs> yep. Well, or otherwise, it hit the ceiling. Um, now, <laughs> tell me, what did you think of the film Kenny? Well, I have to tell you, as, as I told the fans last week, I uh, our listeners, fans, or maybe a little bit of both, we'll see. Um, I got the movie on sale at Amazon for $4 and something, so I couldn't resist it. And I absolutely loved that film. It took me, it took me probably the first, I don't know, hour or so to really realize it was a mockumentary. And I just absolutely adored that film that no poor bastard in this world could have such a messed up life as that guy (laughs) did i mean not only is he is he shitters he's got a dad that wants to that's that's so out there you know thinking they're trying to kill him and his brother and and his ex-wife that hates him and then he's dealing with his kid and then he's also sitting there he's got he goes to that trip to Nashville, uh, comes to the United States to Nashville to a conference, which I've been to that conference center down there a few times. It is that big inside, by the way. Gorgeous place to go, though. And, and you know, he's going around, and he meets up with this stewardess, 
or air hostess, or I don't know what the politically correct term is now. So, uh, flight attendant, I, you know, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's, she's coming on to him strong and, and the poor bastard, he just doesn't get it. You know, then he, he invites that guy to go out with him and he gets drunk and they end up at karaoke. Oh my God, that movie. I was just in stitches the whole time I was watching that movie. It was just great. And then, then when he, he was going, trying to clean the, the toilets and all that. Oh my God. I just, I just love that movie. That one, that one's going to have to end up on my iPod to carry around. It's going to achieve that same level of, uh, I need a good laugh as a uh, national lampoons Christmas vacation. And the, I just dearly love that movie. And if any of our listeners have not had a chance to see it, please either get it off of Netflix as rental. Uh, I don't think it's in iTunes. I think we both look. No, it's not. And, and I just, just, it is just great. It, it, it was worth the five bucks I paid for it because now, as we've said before, I have it in, in, uh, uh, eternally, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I may even have it buried with me. We'll see. I haven't decided about that yet. Um, because uh, it it was just that good. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Just stupid fun humor. You can't get any better than that. Absolutely. And especially, and especially where he gives the explanation, which I'd heard before, of where the word shit comes from. <laughs> and that alone was just worth it, you know. Yeah, it's an absolutely priceless film, and it, it, you know it's Australian film making at its best. And uh, you know we we tend to be bombarded with U.S. films, and you know no offense to the filmmakers in the U.S., but you know America. Except Michael Moore. <laughs> we're, Sorry, I can't we're, resist. We're, we're past that, Kevin. Um, <laughs> Oh God! Now I don't know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm you know I'm what? Sorry. You know what I thought? Oh God! What's Tim gonna say now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, get bombarded with American films. Thank you. And I was gonna say, no offense to American filmmakers, but from the Australian point of view, it's always refreshing to see our own films because they're made very differently. They're made on low budgets, and the Australian filmmakers really push what they can to the limits and try and make a good movie, and especially a good story. You know, I've seen a lot of brilliant movies out of the US, and I've seen some absolute porkers. And, um, no, I'm not going to say that Rise of the Planet of the Apes was a porker. It was, it was, it was good, it just wasn't a Planet of the Apes movie. Um, <laughs> it just, it should have been its own, I agree with Tim, 110%. Um, but, you know, it, it's sort of refreshing to see a different style of filmmaking because it wasn't your traditional, you know, action flick, drama flick. You know, it was just... It, it wasn't even really a traditional style comedy. It was like a, a mockumentary, and it really was, looking at what the life of a portaloo cleaner was, you know, and um, it was just absolutely hilarious you know and he gets in the the big tanks and he cleans them out and he's got the oh, gas God. mask on and and he pops his head up and oh, just... oh, i love what he says to that guy too that's priceless you know it it's seriously as kevin said it is worth a watch uh the film's called kenny um look it up uh just kenny movie in um so that's k-e-n-n-y uh, Kenny movie in uh, Wikipedia and it'll come up with all the details about it. And we'll have a link in the show notes as well that you can check out. And, uh, you know, if you like toilet humor, that one's absolutely full of it. <laughs> so well, that's uh, the thing. We could go a whole other way with that saying something's absolutely full of it. So, but. 
So, so um, let, let's move on because you were going to talk a little bit more this week about your alternative history books, and um, I think that was the the one positive thing that Tim talked about on, on the tech <laughs> fan that he was also interested. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let, let, let's hear a little bit more about it because I, I've got to be quite honest. I love story arcs when you see it in sci-fi and you see an alternative history story arc in sci-fi in, in film specifically i love it but i haven't really read any of the books um i don't know why it's just one of those things that i probably just have never been exposed to so i haven't delved into it um i'm very much a i, I love thriller and horror books um and sort of the edge of your seat sort of anxieties that you get with those. Whereas I, I've tended to stay away from the sci-fi books a little bit. Um, yeah, so anyway, give, give me a rundown on the, the books that you think are, are worthy of someone who hasn't really been exposed to the books and um, where to sort of start and begin without necessarily throwing me into the deep end. Because if I understand it correctly, it's like, uh, you know, many book series that, you know, uh, you'll go you know book one through to six for instance but if you read book five it's out of sequence with the whole storyline is that correct well in some cases yes uh the alter this the the series or the uh uh set that i was talking about last week by harry turtle dove and i and i think tim said he had read him before is a uh it starts uh with the book uh how few remain and i think we had a link to that in the show notes last week um, if not, we'll put one in this week. And I actually picked the book, the book up on a whim and, and read it one year on vacation. It then turned into a series of, I want to say it was 12 or maybe 15 books. Um, I'd have to go back and count to see actually how many it is, but it, you know, it takes a whole different twist on, uh, the world. It takes one small event that is widely believed to have had a major impact on the American civil war and it didn't happen. So it changes the outcome of the American civil war. And then it goes on from there and how two separate nations on this uh, here in uh, North America developed. Uh, not that there's only two nations here two mm -hmm. countries in North America. Sorry, Canada. I didn't mean to leave you out. Um, but, it it goes through and presupposes all this stuff, and it's you know it's really it's interesting. I find it interesting. Now with this series of books, you could jump in at different places, but I think there are certain areas where you'd want to get in. Um, you can get in at the timeline that's beginning of uh, roughly around where World War One timeline began, or maybe even World War Two timeline began. And that would work out well for you. But it's only going to whet your appetite to want to go back and read all the other stuff. So I would recommend anybody that wants to read that whole series start with How Few Remain. Um, the other series, there is a uh, another series, again by Harry Turtledove, that talks about uh, Atlantis as being a continent that actually existed between uh, Europe and what is North America, and basically it's the continent that in, takes in probably most of the eastern portion of the United States, uh, all the East Coast, and maybe a couple of the two or three states in from the East Coast, uh, picking up like Ohio and 
down into Tennessee. And uh, I know, Mark, you're going, where in the hell is he talking about? <laughs> but it's, you know, it's two or three states swath down through mm-hmm. there. It's kind of like, and it, it goes through and talks about a history there because that area was settled and it talks about the different wildlife that's there versus the wildlife that we know to, that we know, you know, existed here in this country when it was first discovered. So it's, it's really pretty interesting. And I'm, that's on the third or fourth book. Now that I'm reading on that, that's another good series, but there is also for those that don't like to read a long book or a long series of books, a, um, couple that are, have a, uh, short, uh, short stories. I won't say they're terribly short. They're probably, you know, maybe a hundred, 120 pages, um, and I have to get the title of that book because it escapes me, and it might have to do with the hour. That might be why it's the name of the book's <laughs> escaping me at this point. But I'll get it. Uh, it's great, and I. But the whole alternative history it is, it really makes somebody. It really makes you think, because it's how uh, one small thing can turn everything we know and everything we believe we know on its ear. And I think that's what I think I find the most interesting about it. And then as long as the story's told well, um, there's a couple of them that I've read that have timelines that are intersecting with what we know is time and another timeline, you know, again, that other dimension or the other universes that exist in parallel and how they intersect and, and what's going to happen if they intersect at the wrong point and crossovers between those two timelines. Dude, totally fascinate me mm-hmm. um it, it's really good stuff I, I really would encourage anybody that likes that sort of thing and you also mentioned that you don't like or excuse me that you do like thrillers as far as books correct yes, yes. there's another genre i'm a very genre specific reader in some ways called techno thrillers that's a fairly new genre there haven't been a whole lot of books come out uh, in the genre, and I'll have to find. Um, I'm trying to remember the very first one I read uh, in that series. It's not a series; they're all by a bunch of different authors, but they're really great. Some of them are historical, uh, with a little bit of uh, mystery thrown in around them, and some of them are just interesting, like hacker stories. And you know, it's it's really just kind of fun to read and kind of lose yourself in it. And the technology, fortunately, that they talk about holds up pretty well uh, because they seem to try to be true to to it, knowing maybe that their target audience is people like us that are kind of geeky and techie. And uh, they don't want to offend us by making the technology uh, too dated or too far out there. They don't, you know, they don't presuppose the uh, the uh, the the eye wall that you can sit there and stand in front of and move all the stuff around or anything like that. They make it very believable. Uh, so I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look up some of the books. I haven't read any of those for a while, but they'd be interesting. And, you know, to go on what you were saying earlier, it's interesting today with, uh, as we said earlier in the, in the broadcast, uh, I was moving my home office around and uh, what a pain in the ass that was. <laughs> That's why we're so late recording. But yeah, uh, you, you know what's bad? I'll just interrupt you quickly. When I told my wife that you were moving your office around, guess what I had to do? I had to move my house around as well. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry. I, you, you made me work hard. You know, I still got my sore foot, and you know what? I threw out my knee as well, <laughs> moving bloody furniture around. Oh, oh I, know. I tell you. 
it was a mess here. We, we, I got a little short-tempered at times, and I'll publicly apologize to my family for being short-tempered. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a royal pain in the us to get there. But the funny thing was that we had to go through – we just got too many books. I mean, being read, being big readers, mm-hmm. um, and I do still read the Dead Tree edition of a lot of things. I catch a lot of crap. Any of my local friends will know this, and they're going to laugh at me again. I still read the Dead Tree edition of the newspaper. Um, I know how out of date that is, but there's something about having that sitting down away from technology to read the paper with no technology mm-hmm. that's very relaxing. Uh, but we ended up getting rid of a ton of books. Um, now, admittedly, I'm going to try to sell them. Uh, if I can't sell them, then I'll donate them to the local library and let them sell them for uh, profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are... I did today. And the other good thing is I found a couple more books that I hadn't gotten around to reading yet. So I'll have some more books to talk about in the near future. Oh, good. We'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, if I can just remember how to read. <laughs> well, this late hour, I'm sure you can't, but uh, you're well excused after doing all that work. And a, a real trooper for doing the show this late at night as well. Oh, it's no worries. Now, you know what, Kevin? I've actually got a new segment that I, I thought would be fun for Geekiest Show Ever, and you're probably going to hate me for this one. <laughs> oh, okay, well, we'll see. It's going to be called Kevin May Recall Segment. Okay. And um, <laughs> I, I, I can hear the, the anticipation of where is he going with this? And, you know, uh-huh. you know what? I, I came across an article in Gizmodo this week about the iconic 1960s IBM wall clock. It, it's been resurrected. And, um, <gasps> the, I do remember those. Indeed. And that's why I thought we will have a new segment of Kevin May Recall. And then periodically, you know, when we've got something like this that comes up, you, you know, maybe I should ask someone to do a little tune. If you can, if anyone's listening and you've got a little tune that you could do for the Kevin May Recall segment that can intro it, uh, let me know and we'll do the little intros and add it into the show. Um, but yeah, they're actually re-releasing them. They're, they're reproducing them now. And you can buy them for 235 US dollars. And uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes as well. But I thought that that's quite a unique, interesting timepiece. It is. And, you know, I can very... Very well remember seeing those in the elementary school I attended in the late 60s and early 70s. I really, oh my God, Mark, wow, what a blast from the past. (laughs) What a blast, but good God, $235. I know, it's a bit pricey, isn't it? It's it's one of those things that I I think, you know, a lot of people uh, from that era would have that emotional connection to it. You know, if you think about it and you're a student and you're studying and you, you're doing examinations and, and what are you looking at most? It isn't the work on the table. It's the damn clock, hoping that you don't run out of time. Yes. And well, um, Or, you know, if, if you're doing really bad and, and you don't want to, to be there, it, it's looking at it, making sure that you run out of time and get out of there. Really? Um, Just... Just like poor Mr. Bean looking at uh, the, some of those episodes where he was taking a test and he wanted it to, you oh, know, he's yes. going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> so, but yeah, that is a blast. I truly do remember those. So, God, uh, I'm old. Th- there we go. But that, that's the Kevin May Remember segment. And uh, you I know like what? it. I'll, I'll have a link to the show notes and, and where everyone can buy it. 
and uh, you know it it just looks pretty cool it's um it's one of those things it's like the the old style coke machines when people buy those and uh you know um not renovate um refurbish re- refurbish or spruce up you know the old machines make them look new uh, it's that it's that kind of thing, you know. I, yeah, it's it's rather funny. I I think in many respects, where now as a society and and a lot of geeks are sort of looking to the past and saying, you know, that wasn't necessarily too bad of a time. Let's let's bring that back a bit, you know. Um, and uh, you know, actually speaking of that, you know how I'm on this whole uh, rampage of let's go back to physical media, and I love it. And I know Scott absolutely. Oh no. Mentioned his name. Oh, oh, God. oh yeah. no, oh no. The, you know, beep. Edit. Edit. <laughs> Edit point. Take Edit out point. Post. Um, <laughs> anyway, the the person who I should not have named uh, absolutely disagrees with me with a vengeance. He cannot stand physical media. He just wants to. I'm sure put it in a bonfire and forget about it. But I, I've got to be quite honest. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about. You know, having the traditional style newspaper and, and print and walking away from the technology. And I find that as well, that, you know, even though DVD is technology in a certain way, I'm not relying on new fandangled technology to make it work. I'm relying on an old-fashioned remote control and getting up off my backside and, and changing the disc. And I've got to say, there's something refreshing about that. There's something... I, I just... You know what? I love being on Twitter and I love talking to everyone I know and, and, you know, I'm great friends with so many people. But at the same time, I love to turn you off. You know, I'd love to just sit there and absorb content. And the way I generally run my Apple TV is I'll use the the iPhone and use the app or use the iPad and use the, the app to control it because, you know, you lose those little Apple TV remotes so easily. And, uh, you know, but now I don't even take the iPhone or the iPad with me to the lounge room to watch it. I'm, I'm back watching physical media and enjoying it without seeing, you know, who's messaging me and who sent me this email. And um, I, I enjoyed it. It's refreshing. It's, it's very good. So anyway, getting back to where I was heading initially, <laughs> because otherwise I'll just keep rambling on. Uh, I'm actually looking to buy a brand new turntable and I haven't had one for years and it's just really interesting to sort of go and say, Hey, I'm going out there and I'm going to buy a turntable. And you know what? I've I've been doing some research, uh, because of course, you know, you sort of, you're interested in it. You want to see what the latest gear is out there and, and what's the best to get for the amount of money you've got to spend. And I was coming across different um, statistical reports and so forth, which stated that in, in 2010, so it's a little bit old, but in, in 2010, the sales of LPs increased and actually outperformed MP3 sales, which I thought was really interesting, like in, in increasing. Um, the MP3 sales stayed pretty much the same year on year. Now, I've, I'm going to have to be very specific here because someone will pull us up about this. It's not that LPs sold more than, than MP3s. Absolutely not. You know, CDs even sold more than LPs. But the CD market dipped down in its popularity at the same time while LP was coming back up. Uh, it's the growth rate is what you're talking yes, about. The fact that LP 
has has grown, and um, that has to do a lot with the way they're making LPs now too. They're making very high grade LPs. Uh, you know, basically every single LP out there now is a uh, one hundred and eighty GSM grade, um, and they're just really producing them nicely. And you know, there's there's a lot of high profile artists that are actually releasing their music again on LP. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. I just want to go back to a time when you could sit there and after 25 minutes, you'd have to flip the disc over to the other side. And then if you want to listen to, you know, the second side of the album, you'd have to take that disc off and then put the second disc on. And, um, you know, yes, it's, it's clunky and it's old, but there's just something about holding your music there. Um, you know, and, and I bought I've bought a couple of albums with the iTunes Extra stuff, which was supposed to be or iTunes LP, I think they call it. I think it's iTunes Extra for DVD. And the problem I've got is it works on my Mac, but you cannot use it on the iPad, which is your LP replacement in my book. And it's just I don't know, bloody d- stupid DRM, stupid music <laughs> companies, and stupid <laughs> Apple. You know, don't restrict me. Allow me to play. You, you make me buy all this crap so that I'm in your ecosystem. Make me able to play it. Look, I even want it to have it look the same and work the same way on the iPhone. And it, it, oh, it just doesn't work. You know, uh, you know, I bought my kids a, a couple of movies off iTunes, uh, you know, in the past. And they come with the special features. And, um, you know, but it won't work then on the Apple TV. But yet it'll work on the Mac. And it's like, you know, why is this the case? And the the other stupid thing is, it's not each and every single movie that does that. Some of them will work on the Apple TV. Some just won't. And it's like, oh, you... That's odd. I'm sure it's just something to do with our stupid Australian store. Um, You know, we have so many odd problems. But it's just, it's one of those things I don't want to get. I don't want to have to think about how to play my media and, you know, where I can play it anymore and, and stuff like that. I just want to sit down, relax, unwind, and enjoy the stuff. And, exactly. Uh, you know, and I, I just felt, and I know people disagree with me and, and so forth, but I, I feel that, you know, whilst we geek out technology-wise at times, um, and we, we definitely love technology, I just feel it's not necessarily always the way to geek out and enjoy the content you want to consume. Um, I, I think really it's what makes you happy. And, you know, for some people it's definitely, you know, digital all the way. You know, don't worry about physical media. And, and for those people, I you know, I've got no complaints. If, if that's your choice, then... I just hope that you're completely 100% happy and satisfied and you're enjoying your content. And if you are, that's fantastic. For me, I'm not though. And, you know, I I really get frustrated. You know, my uh, music library in iTunes is only uh, about three and a half, four thousand tracks. But it's so clunky to go through and look for a specific album or... Not even a specific album, because I generally know the albums I've got. But if I'm after a specific song by an artist that I I can't quite remember the name of, but I remember the tune, but I can't remember the song, I can't remember the name. Oh, I know. That's so aggravating. trying to find it it is just difficult, you know. And, you know, whereas going to a CD on a shelf and seeing a CD there, you you sort of get the visual impact a, a little bit better 
versus scrolling through hundreds, if not thousands, of albums. So, you know, it just depends, you know, how each of us want to actually consume the content. I just really... I, I think I more want my computer experience, be it iOS, be it Mac, to be purely I'm creating content now. Uh, I'm producing content. I'm writing about, uh, you know, Macs and technology, and I'm producing these podcasts and editing these shows. And then outside of that, you know, I want to go back to physical print. I want to go back to DVD and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you know, I I won't dwell on that for too long. You know, I've said a lot of of, of that on the topic. Um, Well, I have a question for you about the turntable. Yeah. Are you looking for a high-end turntable that goes into a stereo, or are you just looking for a turntable that you can pump through your... your, computer or what high end i've uh i've already got a a very 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 good technics um hi-fi and Uh um i'm going to be attaching it into there um so that that's the way i'm going with it so i'm actually looking at a couple of different models at the moment um but basically all of them now have the usb input um and come with software and i i have no idea the software is probably crap uh but you do have the ability to play it through the computer if you wish. Well, you know, the, the re, the, I asked that for a reason and uh, is because I got a turntable for Christmas. I think it's been three years ago now, but it was just a, ba- it's just a basic, nice turntable. It actually looks old fashioned. Um, I have to try to remember to take a picture of it and you can put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nice thing and the reason my wife got it for me for Christmas and God bless her and thank you again and for putting up with me recording a show uh, today uh, in my rants is that it allows me to take I have a ton of LPs uh, from when I was a kid that go back into uh, the late 60s the 70s and even up into the uh, early part of the 80s mm-hmm. and I have a ton of cassettes not not quite as many this turntable will let you not only listen to those but if you want all within the turntable itself it will let you burn them to a CD and you can record straight to a CD from that. And as well as being a radio, it, and it's just kind of a neat looking piece of gear. It's kind of old fashioned looking like me. I'm an old fashioned looking <laughs> fart. So, but you, you know what? That's, that's really good. You know, being able to take those old recordings and, you know, if you look at, you know, modern music and so forth, it is a lot different. If you look at having some of the, the uh, 7 and 12 inch singles and so forth that were released years and years ago, they had specific mixes and so forth uh, for different artists. And uh, you don't see that as much anymore because the the single, the music single, and and certainly the CD single has pretty much died. Uh, So you don't see a a track necessarily coming out with a, a lot of remixes, if you will. And, um, you know, there's some, some original mixes on those old LPs that you just cannot get again, and they're, they're priceless, really. I've still got a ton, because I used to buy them all. I would save up my money and probably buy two or three 45s a month And I don't when I was growing up. And I, I have a couple boxes full of them mm-hmm. and i'm not going to admit who some of the artists are <laughs> or who some of the songs are because i'm not willing to embarrass myself quite that bad um but i have a ton of those and i think i'm gonna i have rebought some of that music before i knew i was going to be able to do this in itunes mm-hmm. um, but my kids are truly amazed when i take out a 45 
a piece of plastic that like that and and put it on there and then when i drop the needle or i shouldn't say drop god that would just tear the thing up <laughs> when i set the needle down on it and it, it just truly amazes them but i have a ton of 45s too that i've got that some of them i have played and played that look so worn and i wouldn't trade those for anything yeah that you know they have memories attached to them don't they you know it's uh you know that i'm sure there's people yelling at the the show now going yeah, but, you know, every time you play it, it degrades in quality. You only get roughly 200 plays back of an LP and uh, before noticeable degradation occurs. And, um, you know, yeah, th- there's that too, but it's also, it's like a book that's got dog ears on it. You know, it's that it's been appreciated. It's been loved, you know. Um, and you, exactly. ju- you just have to have that sometimes. So, uh Physical media all the way. And you know what? We're not alone because uh, do you know there was a 90-year-old geezer who uh, got... I don't know if he actually, if anything actually happened to him, but it, he has been pirating and shipping over around about 300,000 ripped movies uh, overseas to the <laughs> troops. And he's 92. And I, I just thought this article was absolutely hilarious. You know, he started doing it after his wife died in 2004. And I thought, this is just great. You know, I'm, I'm sure the movie companies want to sue him and throw him in jail. But in all honesty, I mean, come on, movie companies. If you can't give the troops some free movies, what's wrong with you? You know, it's like... Uh, yeah, I know. It, it's uh, it's one of those funny things. But, you know, I, I thought that was a, an interesting pirate story. And, you know, I, I was recording on another Mac podcast earlier today. And I, I said on the show... You know, yes, I pirate movies at, at times if I want to see them. Now, I've mentioned on this show in the past Deadwood. Um, now, I had never seen Deadwood before and never watched it when it was on free-to-air TV. So a year ago, I decided, you know what, I, I like it in iTunes, I like the idea. But at the time, it was just expensive. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's hard to take a guess on because you can you can waste 40 bucks um you know buying a a whole series and then to find out episode three sucks Uh, (laughs) and and, and from then on it just goes downhill uh so anyway i pirated deadwood all all three seasons but you know what shame on you yeah you can say shame on me and so can the listeners but a year later i missed watching it so much that I went and repurchased it on DVD so that I would have it for life in my collection. So, you know, that that's... I'm the type of person... I don't want to hold on to this pirated copy that, you know, is crap quality. Um, I just want to have content that I enjoy. You know, it's, it's the same thing. I, I watch TV, and I'm not paying attention to the ads that are paying for the movie to be presented. I'm, you know, I'll go and get a you know, a drink or I'll go to the toilet or something in the break or I'll, you know, look on the iPhone and, and go through Twitter and reply to Twitter messages. I don't care what's being played on the TV. <laughs> um, so I don't pay attention to that anyway. So it's, it's, it's my, you know, there's so much TV out there. If we tried to actually sit there and, and watch and consume everything, we'd never get anything done in life because there's too much out there and available than we can actually cope with. But then, you know, when they don't replay them, and I, I know in the US it's different. I know you guys can have access to content differently. Out here, we've got to wait for some television studio to turn around and say, oh, you know what, it's about time we put Deadwood back on. 
You know, and, and then the other stupid thing is they put it back on and it's like, okay, we're up to episode six. And then they take it from a, a 9.30 time slot to an 11.30 time slot. Okay, no probs, I can cope yeah. with that. Then another couple of episodes go past and then they take it to 2.30 in the morning. Okay, sure, I can cope with that as well. And then another couple of episodes go past and all of a sudden it's no longer Aaron. Mid-season, they just chop it out. And it's like, yeah. um, where has it gone? And they just, oh, no one was watching it, so we didn't keep running through with it. And it's like, oh, friggin' hell. You know, it's like, you know, you know, look, I do go on the piracy thing. I do support that kind of thing only from the standpoint of if you then enjoy the content, go and purchase it. And that's what I've been doing all the way through. If I don't enjoy it and your movie sucks or your TV series sucks, well, I'm not buying it, you know. And... Likewise, if it's a movie that's actually on um, on iTunes, I actually hire the the movie. If it's not available on iTunes, I'm not going to go and hunt around anywhere else for it. I'm going straight to you know a torrent site. Um, you know that that's the way I sort of look at it. And you know it's probably running away, but I I do not. I watch the content once that I pirated, and then I delete it. As soon as I've watched it, I, I just delete it because I don't feel necessarily comfortable doing it. I just want to see, hey, is this worth me spending my ten, twenty, thirty dollars on? Yeah, no, I I completely understand. I yeah, I said shame on you, but I'm not going to say I haven't done the same thing. I'm not going to admit I have either. But um. <laughs> I, look, I I, th- I think everyone has, and you know, I for the longest time. Um, tried to take the moral high ground and, and sort of maybe deny, you know, that, that, you know, this is what I was doing, but I'm just so sick and tired of getting, uh, you know, screwed by all these different places, um, with DRM and everything like that, that it's like, if I want to own something and buy something, you know what, I'm going to spend money on it, but give it to me in a format that I can actually use and have for longer than a few years or whatever you deem is appropriate. And, uh, you know, look, proof positive, I pirated Deadwood, and now I have legally bought the DVD collection, all three series of it. So, you know, HBO and and, uh, Paramount and so forth, who own the rights to that series, sue me if you will, but I've already bought it. You know, it's like yeah, really. It, it's like whatever. You know, and you know, maybe the the movie company should start thinking about doing something like allowing us to watch a really low res copy. You know, VHS quality. Who cares? You know, allow us to watch this content all the way through. You know, have it ad supported if you want. But then you know the people people will buy it if they like it and love it. They will buy it, and you know what. People who pirate just for the sake of pirating and who refuse to go out and buy stuff, well, then they're never going to change anyway. So, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm one of I, I reckon a big audience who says, hey, you know, I don't have an endless amount of money to just waste and see if this is any good. Uh, I, I believe I'm, I'm one of a, a big audience that that turns around and says, you know, I'm going to do this, see if it's good. If it's really that good, then I'm going to turn around and buy it. Yeah, I know. I, I I can't disagree with your stance there. I think that's I think that's a a good way. It's and and going to a movie theater or any place else is is so god awful expensive anymore. I don't see anything wrong with the idea of a low res version that you could you know watch in whatever shape, form, or fashion. Because if it is truly good, as you say, you're gonna buy it. 
And in cases you like yourself or me, you're probably going to buy it more than once anyway, because you'll buy the special edition, you'll buy yep. the limited edition. Uh, this edition has 45 seconds of unseen footage. and you know. <laughs> Yeah, you've, you've, you've got to love that. And, you know, I've drilled uh, George Lucas enough on this show, uh, certainly when we first took it on. But it, it's so true. He just keeps pulling stuff out of the hat, you know. And when you, when you think he's given it all to you, you know, he comes up with new stuff. It's, it's like he almost goes back and recreates this stuff to then release it. You know what I mean? It's like, did he really have the forethought, you know, 30 years plus ago, uh, you know, when when Star Trek was being made? You know, I, I'm going to put this information aside so I can re- re-release it in a thousand different formats. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's just a bit mm. ludicrous and a bit stupidly, uh, maybe not stupidly, because we do love the films and we do, you know, love films of that. Uh, topic range and so forth but you know we do buy way too many copies of it uh yeah but- you, you, I, yeah we moving all the again back to me moving it we had to move our media library over here and all that it's like oh my god do i really want all this stuff uh, don't but, don't, don't yeah. say that because the person that we shouldn't be mentioning he um you know, he, he will say see i told you that's why i couldn't be bothered with with physical media you got to store it you got to move it and look, there, but, is, there is some truth in that. But the the thing is, as soon as I held one of those DVDs in my hand, it was all better then. I liked <laughs> it. It made me feel complete. Indeed. <laughs> and you know what, Kevin? I think we have come to the end of the show with that uh, possible visual image. And... Uh, <laughs> It's late. I'm punchy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea what we uh, what we're going to call this show. Um, I, I I don't think there's a, a show title quite yet. We'll we'll come up with something. Uh, yeah. Maybe the Kevin May Recall Show, something like that. I, I don't or know. Kevin or Kevin might have forgot it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll be something. Anyway, Kevin, where can you be found online so that the listeners can uh, get in touch and uh, and and have a stab or or say, hey, congratulations for your views. Yeah, well, if they want to take me to task, they can always find me over on Twitter at twitter.com slash big underscore in underscore va or. You can find me at about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. And I'd be happy to take any feedback that you would want to give me. Fantastic. And I look forward to you being on Tech Fan sometime in the near future. So uh, I'll be looking forward to that. Um, and anything about me, simply go across to everydaymaxsupport.com. All my contact information and everything I do is across there. Um, feel free to email us on gse at mymac.com and uh, that'll come to us and we can respond to your comments. And as you say, we, we like comments, even when they are a little bit ludicrous and out there and <laughs> disagree with us. And yes, anyway. Um, but look, everyone's opinion is, is uh, appreciated. I'll, I'll That's right. It, I'll put it that way. It truly is appreciated and I'm glad that we don't share the same views because uh, it'd be boring to have another me. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's boring to have me as it is, but anyway. Um, 
I'm I'm not I'm leaving that one alone. I know I, I, I know you are. I'm 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 giving you some bait there though. You can go for it if you like. Um. So uh. Yeah. And check out the the website too at uh, geekiestshowever.com. Uh. That's where you can find all the previous shows. And don't just listen to me and Kevin. Go back into the archives. Listen to uh, a couple of the shows that Tim and David have done because I, I think they really missed being on the show and hosting the show. So, uh, you know, go, go, go back, listen to it. it. You know, the type of topics that they discussed never go out of fashion. You know, it's never, it, it's not really like a tech related show where, you know, after two years, the information is going to be old and, and, uh, and no longer useful. It's very, um, very much a show that you can just keep dipping back into. It's uh, the show that keeps on giving. That's our show title. There you go. And uh, so, so go and go and listen to uh, one of the episodes that uh, Tim and David have done, and uh, you know, give them some feedback and said they they used to do a good job, and uh, I'm sure that I'm sure they still would if they they did the show. And certainly, uh, before we came on and and did this, um, the person who shall not be named also did an episode of uh, Gookiest Show ever. So uh, go and check that out. I think it was number. 50 or 51, something like that. So, uh, yeah. anyway, enough of me rambling. Kevin needs to get to bed. Mark is keeping him up way past his bedtime and his wife's not going to be happy, so we better get going. Kevin, thank <laughs> you for joining me and thank you to all the listeners for joining us and subscribing and downloading. Until next week, take care. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast, and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for primetime. time.